The world of construction is transforming before our eyes. How we design, plan, quantify and build is changing day to day. But it's never been so easy to connect, share, bring people together. Our industry is reshaping. So how do we develop relationships? How do we overcome our fears? How do we generate business? And how do we ultimately become the best version of ourselves? This is Made to Measure. I'm Mick Donaghy. My guest today is... On this episode of Made to Measure, we are joined by Damon Kelly. Aside as being an influential quantity surveyor and estimator, Damon is also a double Olympian, a four-times Commonwealth Games athlete, and has won a gold, a silver, and a bronze medal in the Commonwealth Games representing Australia in weightlifting. Damon is one of the nicest, most humble people you'll ever meet. He's been working in the construction industry for around 13 years and has had the benefit of working both for a major consultancy as a quantity surveyor, as well as with head contractors in senior estimator roles. Damon gives us some insight to his early days in quantity surveying, how he juggled working and training as an athlete, and what it's like working for a contractor compared to a consultancy. Damon is a tremendous advocate for this industry, and his story is certainly an inspirational one. I really hope you enjoy it. So today we have Damon Kelly, known around the world for being a high-achieving weightlifter. Damon, you were in the Commonwealth Games three times, is that correct? Four times, yeah. Four times? Oh, really? Yeah, so four, four Commonwealth Games and two Olympic Games. Awesome. And, and how many, how many uh, medals have you won throughout your, your weightlifting career then? Won um, a, a gold, a silver, and a bronze at the Commonwealth Games. Best at the Olympics was uh, uh, ninth place in 2008. Nice That's incredible. I think you're the first person I've ever interviewed who has their own dedicated Wikipedia page. Maybe <laughs> that you can make it up yourself. But yeah, I know. I know, and you can go in. I think people can go in and edit and, and, and do that bits and pieces. But thank you so much for um, joining me t- today, Damon. Largely, what, what I want to speak about is, is your career within quantity surveying and within estimating. Obviously, a lot of people will, will know you for your uh, athletic achievements and and, uh, and obviously so. It's inspiring stuff. But I, I just want to find out more so... Going back to when you, you first entered the construction industry, what, what, what was it that, that sort of drove you into construction and, and most namely within quantity surveying? It was probably, I guess, when I left school, I wanted to go to university. And then I did. I tried IT and I lasted one semester. And oh, really? It wasn't for me. <laughs> Definitely. I don't know why I did it in, <laughs> in hindsight, but I did it and it's like, no. Yeah. Um, so then this the second semester I had well, I started it but it pulled out and then just started looking at other courses and I guess construction probably was something I never thought I'd get into but it was interesting like I was mm-hmm. always interested in looking at buildings and, and and how they you know got built and then yeah just pretty much was reading through all these course guides and the description of quantity surveying sounded all right to me so um, basically yeah but we applied and, and then got into QUT mm-hmm. um, and yeah started from there. So did you did you study construction management or, or did you like major in quantity surveying? Uh, what? Uh, yeah, it was different setup to then. Back then, it was a, it was its own. It was a bachelor of applied science in quantity surveying. 
Bachelor of Applied Science. Yeah, so, did you, so you actually specialised in quantity surveying then, is that right? Yeah, it was a, it was a standalone degree. I know, I know it's a bit different now. I guess it was a similar similar kind of setup, but you just didn't major in it. It was a degree in that. But I think it was only about six subjects difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we all did a lot of it together with the construction management mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was no majors or minors back then. But yeah, now I guess the, the built environment school is caught up with kind of the rest of the university courses with the majors and minors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I suppose it would have had its own merit though, being a standalone qualification in, 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 in itself. Did, what, what what drove you towards that? Obviously, if you're you know we're studying IT and the, maybe sort of computer science, what was it that that interested you when you were going through all, all that paperwork and Finding out what what's next, what 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 attracted you to quantity surveying? Uh, I think it was just uh, like being a, like just working it all out. So like uh, involved in I guess the the start of it, and, and you can progress through to see the whole I guess whole life cycle of a project, mm-hmm. starting from concept right through to costing to progress payments and seeing the the, the final the final product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just yeah, like and then, and then probably learning more as I started doing it and just getting yeah just learning the, the different types of construction and then mm-hmm. how it kind of you, you had to measure it i guess that's the, yeah. the, the detail of i guess the, the main the main skill of a qs is mm-hmm. at the start is, is the measuring so mm-hmm. learning up learning how it got, under, got put together is a, is a good way to, to measure so when you were studying did, did you work in as a quantity surveyor at all did you do any like part-time work or, or anything like that to see yourself through or yeah so probably well, i was still training so through the first two years i, I just trained and then mm-hmm. i think i got uh, the old study back then it was like mm-hmm. a, and then i think it was about 2004 i think that was when i started a cadetship mm-hmm. with wt so mm-hmm. i think most people well i think it's probably still current you generally start working some people do the first year, but most people probably start working in second or third years. Mm-hmm. And then also for that degree back then, I think it was the third year of professional development subject where you had to basically go out and get so many hours work experience. But by then, I'd say most students were kind of working, uh, having some cadetship to, to balance and working and study. What, what, what was your, your obviously joining WT partnership, what were those first, year, first years like working as a, as a Sort of junior cadet quantity surveyor. Uh, a lot of GFA measuring. Yeah, I think you get stuck with that. But it was just that was it was good. Like they, they got involved and definitely weren't kind of pigeonholed and to do certain certain roles or or stuff like that. So it was for memory. Yeah, got like involved in quite a variety of projects and probably yeah, starting off doing a lot of measuring and almost doing I guess bulk checks and. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. That's kind of honing your skill and, and getting involved slowly, mm-hmm. or getting chucked in the deep end. Were, were you compiling bill of quantities or, or anything like that at the beginning, or was it sort of largely measurement? Yeah, be assisting in. in you'd probably get generally how it work is uh, if we had a bill of quantities or an estimate done. Um, you, you'll divvy up the trades amongst depending how big the project is, but most of them are probably on the larger side. So it might be two or three of us working mm-hmm. on the project, and you you'd divide up the trades. Mm-hmm. So at the start, you probably get the easy, easier ones that like a, like a painting or finishes trade that are a bit easier to kind of uh, quantify. And then yeah, as you kind of get more experience, you, you you'll go on to measuring the more I guess technical ones like the steels and the concretes and uh, Rio and that kind of thing. 
mm-hmm. um, and then as you progress through, you'd be kind of running running them and or taking more more of the workload on yourself. Excellent. And then, excellent. And then yeah, probably then that progresses probably into like your cost planning mm-hmm. side of it as well, and starting off with probably doing a lot of like area analysis. So I remember doing working a lot of retail projects where. The, the initial early stage budgets would be just based on mini major mall specialty food court breaking down to those areas and, and working out estimates and budgets from there mm-hmm. excellent at the beginning of your career what was the the main challenges that you, you would have faced then Damon looking back like I started it was still manual measurements so mm-hmm. probably just starting to get to the on-screen kind of takeoff mm-hmm just making sure, I guess, everything was kind of set out and doing your measurements the right way. So mm-hmm. we'd have to do the, the, the compile the manual measurements in the estimate where nowadays a lot of it's on screen. Mm-hmm. Take off and you can click and show where you've measured as, as a way to check where back then if you're checking some work, you'd have to drill down into their measurements and try and decipher mm-hmm. yeah, how they got to that quantity. So did, did you actually have to, when you're, when you're measuring, you know, the old-fashioned way, what were you, were you using literally rulers and... and yeah, yeah, yes, paper, yeah. <laughs> paper and scar rule. We had drawings printed out in scar rule. Yeah. And about a dozen highlighters so yeah. to, make, to make sure it would tick off what we measured. Uh, I'm um, sure there was a, a, few, a, few, a few arguments over who stole wh- whose highlighter at, at some point. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> people highlighters at their desk. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that was initial. Initially, it was still still that, and that was probably just the start of then moving into on screen. Mm-hmm. Wasn't too long into it that we started doing I think even PDFs where you could measure off Adobe to a certain extent. And oh yeah, we did have a, a big old machine called a digitizer mm-hmm. where you could put the drawing on there, and you had like a mouse, big mouse, and you could trace areas, and that would do it digital digitally. So mm-hmm. it was mainly just for areas and. It was probably good for the the, the, the kind of the trickier, I guess, buildings that aren't square or rectangle. Or yeah, triangle. All those cur- all those yeah. annoying curvy buildings that architects but, like to design. Yeah, um, we had that, but then yeah, then coming back and then getting into the the on screen takeoff for the last couple of years, and then more so now that coming back into the industry. It, it must have been a, a, a world away from you know when you were studying computers to fast forward three or four years and you're you're sitting there at a table with a, a scale ruler and, and highlighters it must have been so different from what you thought you were going to do to what you ended up doing would that be right yeah i guess it was like i think i kind of blindly went into it i was yeah. uh, not knowing too much about it so i, I can't really remember i guess it was, i didn't really go and to say I wanted to do this. It's called mm-hmm. one of discovering what it was and learning about it and, and yeah. then going from there saying, yeah, definitely different. I guess as a, doing the first first year IT, is, I think I did one IT subject. The others oh, yeah. were like maths and economics and psychology, I think was one of them. So oh, pretty, yeah. something, it, was a, it was a spread of subjects. No, I enjoyed just swapping over. Yeah. And obviously then, so you, you, you've got into uh, obviously a global company got your, your food through the door. How did you manage working and studying at the same time, sort of going through the, those few years where you would, you know, had that little bit of a blend? It wasn't too bad because generally I think the university understood, mm-hmm. especially the last couple of years, that everyone is working. So they kind of tended to push the subjects either late afternoon or even evening. So mm-hmm. 
I'd say half the subjects would have been in the evening and the timetable was, I guess, generally could be generally work friendly. So mm-hmm. uh, you might only have like a, a, a few half days. It's quite good that, that, that they were doing it at that point in terms of they allowed you to get experience as, as well as, as get your qualification because nowadays I do see that a lot of, say, aspiring quantity surveyors or estimators or construction managers maybe come out of university with their degree but no experience. That can be quite, it can be quite difficult to get that food through the door. Did, did you yeah. find it quite easy to get, 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 a, get an opportunity at that point in your career? Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of at that time, a lot of a lot of places have cadets. And I think it's probably big in the construction industry that mm-hmm. I'd say most of builders, even and QSs and consultancies, will have some kind of cadet program or uh, a level of of students mm-hmm. working for them. But yeah, definitely, I, I'd encourage people studying to try and get into it, even as part time, because you, you do learn. I guess it's good to put it into practice what you're learning at university. Mm-hmm. Um, and you learn a lot more, or f- a lot faster, I should say, mm-hmm. and a bit more on, on, I guess, on the tools, so to speak, as well as studying. When I did it, there was a, yeah, I'd say, as I said, most people had, or we had to do it in a third year subject, and mm-hmm. pretty much by then, I'd say, ninety percent of the students would be have a, have a job. Awesome, awesome. That's a, that's actually a, a great statistic. So obviously, at this point in 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 your life, you're you know have went for your education route. You've got a job, and at, at this point in time, were you were you training then in weightlifting, or what? What? what how, how did you get into that? Yeah, I started weightlifting at school. So in, in year ten, started as someone's dad was a, a former lifter and invited people to come down to learn. So I went down and gave it a go and, and enjoyed it and. Mm-hmm. Pretty much continued from there. So yeah, while I was at university, I was training five six days a week. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I think while I was at university it was when I went to my first come off games in two thousand six. Oh really? So I was working and studying and went to the come off games those few years. I guess it was part of it. So new funding wise as well for sport that we we got a little bit here and there, but nothing more to kind of. Mm-hmm. You can't really live off it. So it was, it was always I knew there was a. a it was a balancing act between all three, mm-hmm. and it was he just did it, <laughs> just yeah. Like uh, as the Nike says, just do it, and it's pretty much what you had to do. So you know, you study and work, and then the work were really good, you know, being flexible and even just just starting early to finish earlier to get to the gym that fraction early made a huge mm-hmm. difference. No, I, I love that because obviously everyone has the same amount of hours in the day, you know, and to complete a degree, work and train. To, to 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 reach the Commonwealth Games, it's it's phenomenal. But did you have to go? Obviously, you would have had to plan out your days and be very very structured in, in how how you did things. How, how did you typically manage that balance b- between your sort of weightlifting career and um your your construction career? Yeah, pretty much. Just, well, I guess work was kind of I guess a priority. Obviously, that's where I spent the most amount of hours. But it was then just yeah, trying to yeah, like it was. I guess the, the benefit of doing the training as well as a good off switch mm-hmm. uh, you, you leave work and you go to the gym and you kind of it's a good break from it all as well so uh but you know, there's days where it had deadlines and you had to push back you might have to miss a session and and stuff like that but then there's other days where you could could make training easy so it's just mm-hmm. understanding that there's just the swings and roundabouts of of it so it's nothing mm-hmm. i guess construction is always going to be it's not like you're, you're clocking and a clock out. Like it's it's going to ebb and flow all the time. So mm-hmm. 
just having that understanding and just working it out between the two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, I'd have my set training times and days and I'd try and get to that as best as I could, but just mm-hmm. accepting that some days I couldn't and some days I could. But obviously, training was important and I didn't want work to take over too much and generally it, it didn't. So. Mm-hmm. In terms of your your career w- within construction, I think that you you, you took a bit of uh, a bit of time out from construction for a while. Damon, is that right? Was that mostly to focus on on the, your your weightlifting career? Yeah, so I did. I did take uh, about five years in the end. So yeah, I had plans on yeah, just just probably working on a bit more a bit more casual, so yeah. to speak. So I, I did do a bit more coaching, and then I did a part time sports administration where I was development officer. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of your t- 20 to 30 hours a week and a bit more flexible. So that was the attraction of just having just that bit more time as well. And at the same time, my wife and I, we started a family. So it was, it was really good to be able to be be home a bit more yeah. as well, even though it was probably the same amount of hours, but it was just a, you could shift it around a bit more and be a bit home during the day and you know go to swimming lessons and, and stuff yeah. like that, which now, as you know, you think back and it was, it was a pretty good time. And, and do you think there was anything within your construction and, and quantity surveying career that maybe helped you out in in, in athletics? I'll probably say just just the work ethic. I think I know it's pretty meticulous measuring, mm-hmm. and a lot of people hate it. But yeah. to me, I don't mind it. Like, yeah, it's the way my I guess DNA is, and it's, to me, it's 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 not too bad. So just having that meticulous kind of uh, work ethic uh, probably help with training to follow programs and do it and, and mm-hmm. complete it and, and making sure you get the work done. So probably having that for both, you know, that definitely kind of help cross over a bit and having that kind of mentality when it comes to training. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, during those, those sort of, you know, early years within your career, did you have a, a mentor or, or anyone that, you sort of looked up to w- w- within quantity surveying. It's probably just the the senior guys at WT. It was uh, we had Bob Popwell and uh, Jason Thornley, Craig mm-hmm. McCarty, Alan Bradley. They were the kind of the, the four associates mm-hmm. who who were there. Yeah, and director, they were associates and directors when I was there. And mm-hmm. probably when you come in, like fresh, and you look at these guys that have all this experience and and mm-hmm. and that. So just yeah, learning off them and uh, asking questions and. Mm-hmm. Just seeing how they operate, yeah, just being involved in. I said, like, it gets quantity surveying. It's you know, a lot of people think it's just bills of quantities, but there's a lot more to it in terms of cost planning and you're involved for years before mm-hmm. a project even goes to tender. Yeah. Um. So just having seeing how how, how they that all works and going through that and, and, and how to get around what the clients want and and, and other consultants. So just yeah, just working with them. On, on some of the bigger projects is probably it was a really good experience mm-hmm. and, and and in terms of um th- those uh, you know early sort of years of, of, of wt partnership you know what what, what was the the, the the biggest takeaway from that in terms of if you were giving someone advice and you know who's maybe starting off in their career you know what, what, what was it work ethic you know would it be Asking questions, what 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 sort of takeaways would would you say, you know, to to for someone to instill within their first few years within quantity surveying? Yeah, I'd say you probably ask ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably speaking from hindsight as well. Yeah, and and just get a really good understanding of what needs to be delivered, mm-hmm. and then if you're not sure how to do it or if you're fifty fifty on kind of which way to go, just 
confirm or do it and then just say the, how you've done it and then ask the question. Um, mm-hmm. You can kind of change it later. Mm-hmm. It'd be just, yeah, just really clarifying. I guess it's coming down to estimating and clarifying that scope of works to make sure, you know, you're getting the job done right. Yeah. My, my old boss used to say to me, me- measure twice, cut once. I used to maybe send out emails too quick or, 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 or something like that, you know, but it's always come back to me, you know, before you're overcommit, always ask the question or double check, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably just life, good for life and uh, career. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for sure. So obviously you had a, a, bit of, a bit of time out from construction, should I say. What, what, what made you go back in, in, into construction then? Probably money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that's always that's always a perk, isn't it? No, I needed to. I knew not so much money, but I needed. I knew I had to get back into like a, the workforce, a, a full time job. Yeah. So, no, it had been really good doing the the development and the coaching. Uh, mm-hmm. I did workshops and all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. it was good for for my weightlifting career. But yeah, had a had a young family, growing young family. So mm-hmm. I knew that it was yeah much better for my family to have a, a steady paycheck income yeah. income, income then kind of running around doing a heap of bunch of hours here and there so th- that was probably the main driver um mm-hmm. i knew probably the, the the break away wasn't permanent as well mm-hmm. so it was more yeah. just to do it while i could help that experience and then um i guess going back into construction it was obviously what i started in and then i thought i would try the other side of the fence and, and mm-hmm. work in estimating just to, to, to give that give that a go, um, getting back into it. So, so I know a, a lot of estimators who are extremely competitive and also very, very focused. Did you feel like your, your career in, 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 in weightlifting may have helped you at all in, in, in your, 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 your estimating career? I think I could definitely, it, it felt like it fit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah, like your challenge of, you know, kind of, being on the, I guess, the builder side to, to win to win a project and you're working together and mm-hmm. uh, trying to work out, the, I guess, the best price or best submission we mm-hmm. can do and, and yeah, trying to, trying to win it for everyone. So it's that, that aspect is probably very similar to or, or weightlifting about any, any kind of sporting background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see much differences between what you do now as an estimator compared to, to working for the consultancy side? Yeah, probably the biggest difference is the pace. Mm-hmm. Definitely faster pace, and you should be go through more projects. But I guess traditionally QSs uh, will probably work on the larger projects that could also go for you said a year or two before it even goes to tender. Mm-hmm. So where kind of building is your know, every depending as the construction or fit out fit out turns a lot faster. Mm-hmm. We've gone every two or three weeks. You've got a new project to kind of price and put out and so mm-hmm. you're probably learning or getting exposed to a lot more quicker mm-hmm. in terms of maybe a type of finish or a type of construction as opposed to uh, honing honing the i guess the, the best as a qs uh, honing honing the they're trying to get the, the best price beforehand mm-hmm. and, and really help the client let's get right budgets and right kind of scope of works and mm-hmm. and achieve their goal so it, it's still it's Different. So that aspect of QS is really rewarding. Where you can get a project, you can work on it, you can help save money, get it over the line, get it out to actually get done. 
and then the, I guess the estimating side is is, is that you, you see the project and you price it and you're trying to capture everything you can and mm-hmm. put in the best submission you can to, to get it done as well then for, I guess, the, your your team as a builder. Mm-hmm. So it's still, I guess, the end result's the same, but just how it goes about and how how much you kind of, or you, the amount of projects you go through. Yeah. No, for for sure, and obviously the the world has been been turned upside down over over the last sort of six months or or, or, or so. Um, Damon, how how has COVID um affected you as an estimator? Um, uh, does it mean that you have to do things differently in 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 any way? No, currently not at the moment. So other than just working from home a little bit mm-hmm. more, and be fortunate enough that where I am currently at Osco, yeah, for me personally, like the, it, there's no drop off. From, I guess IT wise, yeah. from working at home to the office, like it's a really good. Um, it's 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 exactly the same experience in terms of performance, mm-hmm. um, and then just probably just yeah, getting used to kind of doing a few more, bit more over Teams and, and and that kind of thing. But it's it's worked out fine, and, and probably just getting probably probably trying to get through and, and, and win a bit more work as everyone probably is uh, yeah. at this stage. But other than that, it's it feels personally business as usual. Mm-hmm. And is it is it quite beneficial working from home as an estimator? I know a lot of uh, guys that I, I speak to certainly quite quite enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's good. So it's just it kind of can yeah, especially if you've got a bigger project, you kind of you're, you're on your own a bit and, and less mm-hmm. distractions mm-hmm. Um, to get through. Definitely. And then um, yeah, so the the handy thing is being in the office with the other everyone together. It's just those uh, mm. quick questions you got to. That's so you probably can't, can't be bothered typing an email or giving a call if they're just there, you'll, you'll ask them. So just getting used yeah. to that and, and getting those questions, I guess, yeah, using the phone or email or Teams to get those across. Uh, and just that missing and passing, going to go grab a coffee and, and oh. chat about a project or something like that and you think of something. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I think that's um, super important, having that sort of – uh, connection human connection with people uh, is, is certainly something that, that I, I would miss if i was working from home you know permanently but there, there's a lot of people who are going to be sort of graduating over the next sort of six and 12 months and will be quite quite fearful about what's next for them would you have any advice to give any any sort of aspiring quantity surveyors or, or estimators and how they can potentially break it into the industry Advice is be yeah, just I guess I know it's going to be a tricky time over the next probably year at least uh, mm-hmm. or longer, but yeah, try and get that experience where, where you can. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a big help in construction is this is experience. Yeah, yeah, and I guess open your eyes up to uh, something maybe you mightn't think that you would get into mm-hmm. as well. So having having that experience of maybe a different type of construction or subcontractor or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and just open, open, open your eye, open your eyes, and open your world up. Yeah, that, that's something that I, I certainly agree with. You've, you've got to be a little bit flexible when you're starting your career, and you've got to try a, f- a few different areas without, w- w- within construction out before you you you, you actually get to the, the the final sort of table, I suppose, and and, and that role that you've always dreamt of. So no, that, that that that's great, great, great advice, Damon. Is, is there anything at the moment that um you're looking forward to w- w- within the world of construction? I know it's a it's a, a difficult time, but um, is there anything that you're going? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Probably looking. Like, even though not personally involved, but some of the bigger bigger construction projects coming up in Brisbane, like Cross River Rail and the Queen's Wharf, and mm-hmm. potentially the Brisbane Live. So, a few mm-hmm. 
Eagle Street peer development. So yeah, um, even though I'll probably most likely won't be directly involved in, in those those big ones, but yeah, just just keep your eye on them and, and how it can change and just the, even the technology now of, of how they're going to construct it and how it can change the city really and, and the mm-hmm. flow-on effect of those big projects and hopefully it trickles down to all the other builders and, and consultants as well that might upgrade facilities around that or, or mm-hmm. new buildings. And so, yeah, probably looking forward to how Brisbane's going to change over the next probably five years. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting time to, to live in Brisbane, I think, even though there are there is a pandemic that we're currently experiencing Queensland has, has dealt with it pretty well so far, touch, touch wood. And obviously, every day I'm seeing new projects are, are in the horizon. So it's a it's a, an exciting time, and it's let's hope the the city keeps keep, keeps growing and opportunities keep growing. But um, thank you so much for for taking a little bit of time out of your day, Damon, to to chat to me. Uh, what, what if anyone wants to reach out and, and ask any questions or ask any advice? What's the best way to get in contact with you? Is it LinkedIn or is it email or? Yeah, probably just LinkedIn. I think I got my, I got my email address on there to check it pretty regularly. So find me on there. That'd be the easiest way, I think. Okay. Well, excellent. Thank you for taking the time out and speak soon. No worries, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Made to Measure. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is the only podcast in the world that focuses on the niche area of construction costing. Therefore, as an independent podcast, your support is invaluable. Please like, share, screenshot, give a review, or just tell your friends and colleagues about the show. The more people that know about the podcast, the better the guests that we can bring to you, and the better the content you will consume. Thank you for joining me. I'm Mick Donaghy, and this was Made to Measure.